0: it's uh 9:40 on June 3rd and this the sadness sadness finally hit me when i was having a conversation with my parents about telling them the reality of what uh, what was happening that i can't can't go get the kids Whew. um Feel a heavy sadness, but I also feel God's peace. I just feel, I just know. I don't know whatever else I feel. The stronger feeling is that God is going to come through, that God is going to provide, that God will deliver. And on my way um, in the walk this morning, I, or I, actually at some point I saw 525 and I thought, okay, Lord, what's that about? That's... Galatians 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It's the idea of not getting ahead or behind the Spirit, but walking with the direction that the Lord is giving us. And so this morning I saw that, and of course I went for my walk, and I just decided that, you know, I'm going to trust God. And He showed me 616 twice while I was on my walk. First time before on my walk, and then a license plate that came by while I was making a recording 616 which is take up the shield of faith with which to extinguish the flaming darts of the the evil one and then um, I'm walking down the street on my way home and I'm about to a block from the house and I just happen to be walking past this garbage can and, and I look down and my, my eyes go right to 511 and that's again persevere we consider blessed those who persevere so I'm sad for my children um, I shared this all with my parents and my mom. You know, they my mom cried. And and um, I saw a new level of understanding in my mom that I haven't seen. There's a, a hint of an understanding of faith and an understanding of dying to yourself. And there's something in her right now that, that has not been there ever before. And I basically told her, I said, you know, she sent me a list of 20 things, saying I'm uh, mentally insane, and I said, you know, mom, even you believe I'm insane, mentally insane, so, you know, it is what it is, I'm just going to continue to trust God, and um, she was just real quiet, she didn't say anything, but after we had a chance to to talk about it, I saw just kind of a sense of surrender, I, I could almost see my mom surrendering to it a little bit, but a few minutes later, Right now, I see a 777 on the billboard here. I'm looking at it, but a few minutes later, my mom came to me after I got out of the shower and she said, she said, Michael, Bob and I have talked about it. Would you be willing to let us give you $10,000 to pay some of that child support that you owe in hopes that God will let us come get the kids? And I immediately said, no, mom, I can't. And I said, mom, I have to trust God. And that's what opened the door for me to begin to tell her and Bob about how God has placed me in this situation for a reason, that God has shown me He's the one that has hardened His heart against me, and that the reason why I've not been able to afford to pay child support for a full year is because it crushes everything that was ever in me that depended upon money and self. And now I've been placed in a very, very humbling set of circumstances. And this is God's design for the circumstances of my life, not somebody else's. This is God's custom program of dealing with the things in me that are as Charles Stanley says coming from the the self life and God is dealing with me in this custom way that he knows how to humble me, he knows what my weaknesses are and he knows the areas that need to be put to death in me I asked my parents if they'd be willing to listen to a Charles Stanley message on brokenness that I've been listening to a lot in the last week and they said yeah and so we started listening to it and in the scripture in there he's talking about is the scripture where Jesus says that I tell you the truth unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies it remains only a single seed but if it falls to the ground and dies it produces many grains and I said you know, guys this is a, this is the scripture that God impressed upon me as a truth from my testimonial page lives changed on relentless heart and that these testimonies are a result of me dying. And that if I would have just been okay and everything would have just gone on, there would be none of these testimonies of God doing this in the lives of other people, but God is using my brokenness and my hurt and the pain, he's using all of this to help other people, you know? I told him, I said, I just trust God. I said, no matter how I feel, no matter how much I don't like these circumstances, no matter how much I don't want to have to have this conversation with my kids again, there's a there's an overriding sense of faith that over, overtakes every other emotion or thought that I'm having. It's supernatural in nature. I just believe God. I don't like having to go through this. I don't like the circumstances, but I love God. And I love what He's doing in my heart. And I want to be more like Jesus Christ. I want to be done with me. I got on my knees last night and I said, God, just do whatever you need to do to me. Just cut my heart out. Just do whatever you need to do. Finish the work so that I can be done with me. I hate me. I hate my life. I hate the parts of me that want so bad to make things work and want things outside of God. I despise those things in me. I crave and yearn to be more like Jesus. I want more of God's presence in my life. I want to be used. I want to have my life count for heaven. And I despise the parts of me that get in the way. And so in the same minute that I'm being cut on, I'm so thankful that God is doing this in my life. I'm so thankful. Who can explain that? Who can explain being so thankful for just having your face bashed in over and over? And I'm just thankful these tears are a mix of the pain and of the joy because I want so much to be more like Jesus and not to be like my old self. I hate my old self. I hate him. And I've asked the Lord, Father, do whatever you need to do to... to break me and to help me. I've asked him several times. I did a couple of weeks ago. I said, Lord, I actually said, Father... Don't stop doing this until you're done. Don't stop doing this. Don't take her out of my life until you're done. It's funny because today's video of all things. I didn't know that this was going to happen. But today's video is a part where I'm deconstructing my personal testimony. And I'm explaining that I've had to talk about my ex-wife and these things. And I said... Be thankful for her. If you've ever benefited from a Relentless Heart video, be thankful for my ex wife because, because of her and the hardness of heart, God is doing this work and by heart, it's turning out for the good of other people. How can I turn around and be mad again when, even though what she does to me hurts so bad, every time she does it and I run to God, I become stronger and there's less of me and more of Jesus. And I think, how can I be mad at that? Again, the circumstances are painful. I'm going to miss seeing my kids this summer. I've been waiting for them so long. But there's this, there's this feeling that God is not done with this. He's not had the last say. And that somehow or another God is going to bring awesomeness out of this. I know that God is working on my behalf right now. And that God is going to move. On somebody's heart, he's going to provide an amazing amount of money. He's going to do something miraculous and say, See, I was with Michael the whole time. That everybody's making fun of him. Everybody thinks he's an idiot. People say he's got a mental illness because he trusts me. I was working on his behalf. And there's a 511 right now. 8511AJ0. On a license plate passing me right this second. God again telling me we consider blessed those who persevere that's three times today I've seen 5:11. it's only 9:47 in the morning I know that God is going to do something like he did in the life of Job and all of his friends were standing around saying you've lost everything his wife says curse God and die and they say you've sinned confess it and God will turn and restore you and he says I haven't Just like I haven't. I haven't done anything to deserve to be treated like this by my ex-wife. And the craziest thing is, is I feel so much compassion for her. I feel so bad that she's trapped in this anger and this bitterness. And her life is being used by evil as a tool in my life. I hate it that she's so pent up with bitterness I mean what kind of a life is that to live I can't even imagine what it feels like to be her to read the email that she sent me today it's just unbelievable how she can take things and just spin them into this just horrendous like I think what in the world is she thinking but she's not thinking God has hardened her heart and so The human senses of me wants to be sad, angry, frustrated, motivated to do something and change this, fix it. I saw my little elderly neighbor outside this morning, a little sweet widow lady, and she said, how are you doing? I told her the situation, and she said, well, Michael, she's just trying to hurt you. She said, have you got an attorney? And I pointed up, and I said, yes, ma'am, I do. He's my attorney, and, and God has told me that he's got this. And then, of course, she said, You know, I just believe this will all work out. And, well, of course, I know that it's going to work out because God has told me. So I have my flesh that's telling me, you know, fight. But my spirit overweighs my flesh now. And my spirit is way weightier than my flesh. And so I end up just having to, not having to, I get to trust God no matter what. When nobody is standing with me, who in a million years could say, Oh yeah, Mike, I understand why God's asking you to stay just doing what you're doing and He's not giving you any money and you haven't been able to pay child support for 10 months or 11 months, however long it is, 12 months, a year. It's got to be at least a year now. I understand. That makes perfect sense. That makes just as much sense, Michael, as when Abraham told Hagar and Ishmael to hit the, hit the wilderness and, and to leave or just as much sense as when he told Abraham to take Isaac, the very miracle that God had given him, and put him up and sacrifice him. You know, so I just believe God. I have a faith inside of me that is so overwhelming. It, I don't. It's almost like my faith is stronger than I am. It's just the weirdest thing. I can't even explain it. It's like I couldn't stop believing and trusting God right now if I wanted to my faith has just gotten so much stronger you think how is that possible and there's the answer it just comes to me now in that chapter four where it says against all hope abraham believed god and it says that he didn't waver in his faith regarding the promise of god but was strengthened in his faith and glorified god in spite of the fact that he was against all hope. I was trying to explain to my parents, I'm like, you know, we look at my situation and think it's impossible. I owe sixteen thousand six hundred and sixty-six dollars and one cents. Six 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 in child support. As of right now, I just got the notice last night, and somebody would say, Man, you're doomed, you're done, that's washed up. And yet it wouldn't be anything for God to move upon somebody's heart to provide the resources that God knows that I need to vindicate me in this and in the end say, see, I was with Michael the whole time and now I know that Michael will never place his will, his comfort, his self or anything in his life including his children before me. I realize that Michael is willing to hurt himself in order to obey me. How many people are willing to do that? I'm not saying that in pride. I'm saying that God looks for people who are willing to do that and there's just not very many people that are willing to be hurt in order to trust God. And so I am at that place where I feel I have no other option but to trust God. And it's not that I don't have any other option. I have plenty of options to manipulate. I could have easily taken the $10,000 as I'm walking out the door, 15 minutes ago, my mom says, Michael, are you sure you don't want to consider the $10,000? And I said, Mom, I can't. I have to trust God. And I said, I know you don't understand, but thank you for, for for at least trying to. I have to trust God. I can't depend upon man. I know you want to help, but I have to trust the Lord. And, uh, man, I just know that God is going to do something awesome. I just believe it. It doesn't feel like it. It feels like I'm being left behind, it feels like I'm being forsaken, it feels like I'm killing my kids hearts, you know, I mean it feels like those things, it feels like I'm all alone, and I have had to be all alone, there's not hardly anybody. There's only just a handful of people that even know my whole situation about my finances and God telling me, don't you go back to that work. You stay still. You keep trusting me. You keep doing what I've asked you to do and I'll provide and yet He hasn't provided and so I have to continue to trust. And people say, oh, you're just refusing to work. You're just refusing to pay child support. You're just, and no, I'm, I'm like, no, what I'm doing is I'm refusing my own comfort. I'm refusing my own will. I'm refusing everything I've always done my whole life, which is just to fix everything that happens. Just go get a job, just go borrow money, just go do this, just go do that, and it's always taking care of myself instead of allowing God to take care of me. And so, this is why I'm having to go through this because I'm so st- stubborn in this area of my life. I can't say that I'm stubborn anymore. Because I I have learned to do this to the point where I've told people, God knows if He asks me to cut my arm off, I will. But I'm believing God. I'm believing God's going to do amazing things in my life. I'm so humbled right now and I have nothing in my life that works except for the fruit that God is producing in me every day I meet complete strangers and I have these divine encounters and people say that God is using me to change their life but my circumstances as far as the world goes are horrible I can't even take care of myself financially I'm literally like the Israelites led in the desert all these years To be humbled and tested to see if I would obey God Because it's easy to obey God when things are going well But it's hard, it's hard It's so hard to obey God when you you want pain relief And you want things to work in your life And you want to see your children who you love so much I spent two days planning on things. I was gonna train them and teach them and I read a book in the bookstore about how to be a godly father. Two of them weren't for my daughters and weren't for my kids in general, and now they're not even getting to come. We just unloaded the whole storage unit yesterday and brought the mattress and all their clothes and we we're washing their clothes. I got the whole thing set up. And now I can't even get my kids. Uh, uh, Ah. Oh, I was looking so forward all day long. I fought it in my heart, getting excited about them coming because I felt like... I felt like they probably weren't going to be able to come. And then I knew... I just... I didn't even say it yesterday. I was wanted to say, gosh, I hope we're not doing all this for nothing. And then I knew last night when I got on my knees, I just had this supernatural peace come across me, and I got on my knees, and I said, God, give it to me, Lord. Do whatever you need to do, Lord. Not my will be done, but yours, God. I said, Lord, I don't care about anything but your will for my life. Lord, take it all. Do whatever you need to do. And... He just gave me such a peace. I just had such an amazing peace. And it's unbelievable because then this morning, I read that story, or rather I, I watched that story of the lady who had cancer, and it was a video I don't ever even watch, the Daily God tube video, and said, whatever the circumstances, regardless of the circumstances, we will praise God. And it's a story of a lady who had been diagnosed and she thought she was going to have cancer, and... She was so fearful for so long and just afraid. And she finally surrendered and said, God, your will be done. I give you my family, my life, everything. And shortly after that, the diagnosis was positive. And she said she knew when God gave her that. There's a 616 right there. Take up the shield of faith with which to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. She said she knew when she had that peace that the diagnosis was going to be positive. Then she went on to talk about how God was so close to them and with them through the whole thing. He lost his business of three years. They lost their income. They almost lost their house. But as a result of him not having a job, he was able to be there for her with every doctor's appointment, every time she had a hurt thing going on. He was able to be there. And they were able to have God speak to them and walk with them through this fire. And in the end, they realized that so many people... watching their faith and they just said you know just trust God trust God and know that people are watching you to see how you respond in these moments and whether or not you're really trusting God and I thought see this is the story of my life this is what I I live and what I preach is you know just trust God like like Charles Stanley says obey God and, and leave all the consequences to God to him and so you know that all happens and I can choose to look at the difficult circumstances and look all day long at the pain of, oh, I'm not going to get to see my kids. Oh, my kids, what's going to happen to them? And yet, Jesus Christ says, you know, anyone who comes to me must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Anyone who loves his mother or father, his wife or children, his brother or sisters, yes, even his own life more than me is not worthy of me. And so I'm realizing that I'm having to show God the number one possession that I have in my life is my children. And when you think about what is that thing in your life that you would fear losing um, or that you don't want to lose control over, for me that would be my kids. And so it's no wonder that God has put me in this very humbling circumstance where if I had been just working a regular job and been able to pay my child support like I wanted to, I wouldn't be in such a humble circumstance that I am now. And I wouldn't be surrendering my children in that area of my life. Instead, life would have just kind of moved on. Things would have been comfortable. I would have been more likely to entertain more pride. And I would have probably be operating in my ministry out of my own strength and my own resources right now. Um, rather than God's. And I, regardless of what other people say about me or judge me. I'm only responsible to obey God's will for my life, not other people's will for my life. And only God knows his will for my life. And I'm just, he's slowly giving me understanding, though, and helping me see that this really is the unique set of circumstances that God has chosen to use in my life in order to bring me to the end of me and to teach me strong faith and strong dependence upon him And I think that the reason is, is that just like Charles Stanley says, that God is interested in the death of your self-life so that He can bless you wildly with things that you couldn't handle until that part of you is dead. And I really can think that when God is looking down from heaven at my life, He sees that I'm willing to obey Him, even when it means really painful circumstances to myself or even to those that I love he sees that I'm willing to put him first always no matter what and so my faith says that God is going to deliver me he's going to bless me wildly I really believe that God is not asking me to go through all of this difficult stuff to then just let a little fizzle you know like a dud firework go off at the end I think God's going to do something wonderful I'm going to trust him no matter what it is I really believe that God is going to give me time with my kids. I believe God is going to provide me this amazing wife. I believe God is going to restore my finances. And I believe God could do this in a very short period of time. I could go from such humbling, difficult circumstances right now. They're ugly. They're very ugly. I could go from right now to God could flip the switch in any minute. Turn this whole thing around for my good and His glory. After He sees that I have finished This process and that he sees that the work that he's doing in this season of my life is done and that he now knows he can trust me with his blessings because I chose in the moments of difficulty I chose suffering I chose to stick the knife in my own side as opposed to disobeying my God I chose obedience to my father rather than comfort to my life I'm struggling with heaviness this morning it's 9-12 Nine twelve on the 4th of June. I think I did decent yesterday. Obviously, you feel the immediate impact. But today, I'm feeling just really blah, man. Just heavy. I had to fold all their clothes this morning and put them back. And I've been just trying to pound the word in my head. And it's like it's not getting into my spirit. I've had this happen many times in the past. I'm trying to describe how this feels. It's almost like... I'm under oppression and the the word of God, it's like it's like days when the sky doesn't look very blue. You know, I don't know how to explain it. It's It's like you just have to keep pressing in and pressing in. You can't get that relief. You can't get that wind back in your sails. I've listened to multiple messages by Charles Stanley. I had the feeling for about five minutes when I heard a really awesome message by Charles Stanley about... We are more than conquerors in Christ. The idea that if Christ is in us and he's the king of the universe, unconquerable one, nobody can conquer him. And if they can't conquer him in us, they can't conquer us unless we allow ourselves to be conquered by listening to the lies of Satan. I normally can pull myself out of this by going to the word and praying. And maybe it's because I'm just depending upon reading his word this morning. But I I, I really don't have a whole lot of energy for prayer it's definitely one of those spiritual um, oppressions. And I got called up on the mountain this morning and it's like, I don't even feel like going up there. And I know I need to go, but I'm like, God, should I go work first and then go? And I find myself pacing, walking in circles in the house and I know what's going on. I know that, you know, where this heaviness is coming from and i'm just like i don't feel like laying down i don't feel like reading anymore i've read the word i don't feel like listening to music i don't feel like going to going for going up on the mountain and and that's very very rare and i'm probably going to need to force myself to do what i don't feel i think that's what's coming to me right now is that if i only ever did the things i felt like doing you know this is one of those disciplines and i might say well You already did your Bible study this morning. You've been up since 4.30, but um, I'm also not feeling so good in my head. I just feel like my sinus medicine is not working. I think that's my main problem is I'm just tired. My right nostril always, I don't know what it is, but man, if that right nostril starts to close up, it makes me just so tired. It's the weirdest thing. I've now paid attention to it enough over the last year or two, and I put some... Nasonex. I put some of that in my nose this morning. I still feel a little stopped up. Particularly out of that right side. I can't breathe so well. So I'm just feeling it's a gray day outside too. But I don't think I would feel that good. Even if it was sunny. Because I didn't yesterday when it was sunny. But. I don't feel afraid. And I don't feel panicked or anything. I just don't feel good. And I know. I know that God is going to come through for me. I know the words. But. Somehow or another, there's a time when it seems like even the Word of God has a hard time penetrating into my spirit. I know that's not true. I know that what I'm saying is incorrect, but I don't know how to explain it. It's like some days it gives me such a lift, fills my spirit, actually most, almost every day. But then there's these moments like this where you just get such a blow from the enemy that it... It weakens you. I found solace in I think it's psalm twenty seven where he talks about feeling um, you know just afflicted in his body and weary as bones are worn out, and he is very weary, and he's like, God strengthen me, I'm weary because of my affliction and he's he's basically saying, You know, I'm very weak, I need help, and that's how I'm feeling. So I'm just, I'm in these situations, what I have learned to do is just to endure and do the best I can, do everything I have in my energy to seek God, to praise Him. I, I don't even hardly feel the energy to praise Him. And yet, I did a few minutes ago, well, about 30 minutes ago, and I could feel that energy coming to me by being, praising Him and worshiping Him. I've been trying to just tell Him I'm thankful for Him, and, and I'm thankful for what He's doing in my life, and, and I genuinely am. But somehow or another, I just can't get that feeling of the wind back in my sail. So I'll just endure through the day as best I can. And I'm trusting that what normally happens is God will send a circumstance or a blessing to restore me and to revive me. And so right now I'll say, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, that you'll revive my spirit, Lord. Please, God, send help. Revive my spirit because I can't get myself back up you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling so weak right now that I have to depend upon the Lord and just cry out, God help me. And I want to say to myself, well, Mike, you have such strong faith, but that doesn't prevent me from having to depend upon God because it's God who gives me the strong faith. So I'm just, I give myself, I've had so many of these days. I mean, I, throughout the divorce, man, I mean, so many heavy handed, war days i definitely consider myself a trained military soldier now in in um area of spiritual warfare i mean for me to have gone as long as i have um it's been a long long time god is going to use this i know for sure but in these days, I just give myself, okay, I'm under attack. Just stay steady. Keep your eyes on God. Don't panic that you don't feel so good. Just be okay with not feeling good. Just endure. Help is on the way. That's the key is I always know, no matter what, that help is on the way. I've just seen God. I mean, even just now, I'm just starting to feel a lift. I Just because God has been so unbelievably faithful, man. I mean, I think that all the days... I've had to go through like this, and just been so hurtful, and just it has just pounded me over and over and over and over and over. My circumstances have pounded me over my bad choices over and over and over, and I have just seen God so many times. I'm talking what hundreds of times. I've seen this. He'll send an email. He'll send a word of encouragement through somebody. He'll there'll be a phone call. There'll be an encounter with somebody. There will be something that will happen that God will restore me and he will refresh my spirit. And I'm just so thankful for that. He is just so faithful. Even when I don't feel good, you know, I have a real difficult time not feeling well. I just do not like not feeling good. I do not like it when I don't feel energetic. I don't like it when I don't feel, you know, um, that joy in my heart. Of the Lord I have a really difficult time when I don't feel good it's not that I have such a problem with my circumstances it's just that I don't like it when I don't feel good I don't know how to explain that but and that's something that I just have to it's a it's weakness and um, in those moments I just have to depend upon the Lord you know I just have to say father I'm weak I can't do this without you Lord help me strengthen me Lord otherwise if that never happened and I was always just able to fix it myself I might get to the place where I become, you know, self-sufficient again and not depending upon the Lord. The Bible says that, you know, man's guilt, it is to the man's guilt who trusts in his own strength. Or whose own strength is his God. It says, he is guilty whose own strength is his God. I think that's the exact scripture. I believe that's Habakkuk 111. He is guilty whose own strength is his God. And so, I don't do that I just sometimes I have a hard time waiting for the Lord to make bring the help I don't like the I just don't like feeling bit down I'm like God okay I felt this way long enough let's but I also know that this heaviness produces the humility and the patience and the character that God is asking me to have there's still so many things in me that I just don't like I don't like some of the thoughts I have. I don't like, you know, my capacity for, for being prideful. I hate it that I even have the capacity. And I know that all men do, but I despise it. I despise it. You know, I hate it that if I ever think I'm better than somebody or, you know, if I feel like I, I don't think I feel like I'm better than anybody. I shouldn't say that. I think I just I think I really just get frustrated when people don't get it. And I know, Mike, you didn't get it for a long time and there's still a lot of things you don't get. But when I see people that have struggled for so long and and hear the truth and don't walk in it, oh man, it just burns me up. It burns me up, man. And I just, I'm overwhelmed by people that don't know the truth and people that know the truth and don't walk in it. I just always think about what what it's going to be like for people that have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And I think, God Almighty, what's going to happen if I was near one of those people? You know, what's going to happen if God wanted to use me to help encourage that person to the truth? I mean, I just can't stand the thought that I've met people in Starbucks and had conversations with people that are going to burn in hell forever. I mean, I just can't even stand the thought of that. I can't stand the thought even more of there being men in my Bible study or men that I've discipled that continue to act foolish and make dumb decisions and have no wisdom and no understanding and end up, you know, either in hell or missing out on God's best for their life. It terrifies me to think about that kind of stuff. And I know that, you know, it's not, I'm not God. I can't choose people. I can't convince people to do. I can only encourage people and be a light and point him to the right direction but it's just horrifying reality i don't think the human part of me can ever understand the idea that a person can reject god and be willing to go to hell because they can't prove it by fact like that guy james i thought about that guy james this morning and i prayed about him three or four times the atheist guy and i think god please don't let him don't let him burn in hell i just sat there and I saw him and, and I looked into his eyes this morning in my, just having a vision of talking with him and I think that guy might be burning in hell forever. Right now, if he dies, you know, he's bragging about, he trusts in himself, you know, that I'm, the, I'm worldly. He said this, I'm worldly. I'm, I, I trust in myself. I'm a worldly man. He doesn't even realize how evil, what he's saying is, in God's eyes, all the facts in the world that he wanted to know are not gonna make a hill of beans difference when he has to stand before God Almighty and finally sees the truth and that he chose to not believe because he couldn't see with his eyes. Yet, my only solace is in that John six sixty five 65 verse, and Jesus says, and this is why I said to you that no one can come to me unless the Father enables him. So anyhow, I feel like I just want to just take a nap And then in 15 minutes I can't stand laying down Doing nothing, I have to be productive So that doesn't last So I'm still just having one of those weird days I think I need to I don't feel like going anywhere I mean, the idea of getting a shower sounds good But then I'm thinking I don't want to go sit at Starbucks and work right now I almost feel like I need to go somewhere different I need to change my environment today Maybe I need to drive to Madison That's what I'm going to do I'm gonna drive out to Madison. I'm gonna change it up, go to a different place. That'll give me a little, maybe I'll go to that Panera Bread out there that's really nice and i gonna treat myself and have a nice coffee or something today because I just feel I'm so, I know I'm grieving the loss of my children right now. I'm expecting myself to feel good and I just had my heart ripped out again yesterday. So big dummy, you're not gonna feel good when that happens. And yet I know that God is doing this for my good. I know that something amazing is going to come out of this. I know that more than I know I'm her right now. I just know that God is going to use all this. But man, it doesn't stop the pain. I did read in uh, the new Charles Stanley book that I got. I'm so thankful for his book. I'm so thankful for that man's life. I just love that man so much. God has used him in such a powerful way in my life. I just listen to his sermons every day, probably several hours in the last couple of days. Several hours a day, I just keep getting those messages of encouragement. And everything the enemy is throwing at me is just bouncing off. I'm just like in the word, in the word, in the word, in his sermons, in his sermons. I'm just, that's what I do is I have to run and get that, my mind renewed and just keep God's truth. Keep my head so full of God's truth that there's no room for the, the lies of the enemy. I think that is what a huge key to, you know, my endurance has been through all of these things is that I've developed this spiritual discipline of feasting on the Word of God. I mean, I have it everywhere. My Bible is always open in my room. I have it on my phone. I have cards laying all over. Every book I read is about God. I have the promise pages and the promise sheets that I have. I have it on audio. I listen to sermons. I mean, I bet you I'm in the Word of God four or five hours a day, six hours a day sometimes. I've been up since 4.30 this morning started getting in the Word about 4.45. And then I've listened to two sermons today. I've listened to a little bit of the Bible. I've read some of my daily devotions that come in from email. I've spent some time in prayer. I mean, and it's only like, I don't know, 9.30 or something like right now. And I'm still going to be listening. I'm mean, If I get in the shower right now, which I'm going to, I'm going to be listening to a Charles Stanley sermon to keep my mind renewed and focused, because if I focus right now on how I feel, oh my gosh, I could be done so quick. If I focus and put my eyes on the fact that I have nothing, that I have no money, I have no help, I have no dignity, I have no good circumstances really in my life of anything that anybody would desire. I um, can't see my kids. I have an ex-wife who has been... So relentless. I've never seen anybody in my entire life be as relentless as my ex-wife is. I mean, this is just truly astonishing. And again, again, I know that God has hardened her heart. And so that's where the relentlessness is coming from. God is using her relentlessness to make me relentless in the opposite way. Relentlessly forgiving, relentlessly loving, relentlessly dying to myself you know relentlessly saying I'm so sorry that you feel this way and I love you and I'm sorry you know I don't know what else to tell you but I have to trust God and um you know I just think God I just know that the peace of Christ rules in my heart again I'm hurting but the peace of God rules in my heart I know that I'm in the right place I want to make a point also to, to capture that last night at dinner my friend Jason says you know Mike I want to ask you a question he's in my Bible study he says I know you've heard that story several times about the guy who's been caught in a bad storm and he needs help he's stuck on the roof of his house and a canoe comes by and then a motorboat and a helicopter I said yes of course i've heard it he said well why can you not take the money from your parents he said isn't it possible that god is using your parents to try to give you the money and i said jason this is such a wonderful question you're asking and i said this exact question is the reason why Christians must have maturity and have deep understanding of God's ways. I said, the Bible says in Psalm 44, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud to those who trust in false gods or false idols. And he, I said, I said what you need to understand is that every time my mom has ever tried to help me i said it's coming out of a position of fear jason i said does god resource people out of fear or out of faith and right there in that moment his eyes opened up and he pushed back in his chair and he said oh i get it and i said what you're seeing is a test i'm being tested to see if i'll take the low-hanging fruit to save myself which would bring immediate comfort which would also interrupt the surgery that God is continuing to do in my heart yes it's humbling to say that God still has to work on Michael Chriswell this much after this many years but that is just the fact and i pray that God continues to work on me albeit it may not be as difficult i don't know it could be worse i'm not sure but Clearly, what I've been going through the last couple of years has been very heavy. And were I to take any resource that's not coming from God or manipulate or try to self-rely upon myself to to change the circumstances, I'm now relying on myself and I'm no longer trusting God. And I said, my mom has never joined her faith with mine. I said, only am I starting to see a slight glimpse that she's starting to maybe believe that God is in this but my mother has ridiculed me. She has name called me. She has accused me of having a mental illness. She's accused me of being demon possessed because I have such strong faith in God. I mean, it's unbelievable. And she's done this for the last three years. She's never once said, yeah, Mike, that's a good decision you're making and I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to, as your mom, I'm going to join with you in faith and believe you Believe God for you. She doesn't do that. Her position is always to try to create comfort for herself first. Really, it looks like she's trying to help me, but she's trying to help herself first. She's uncomfortable, and she's trying to create comfort for herself. She wants to see her grandkids. She wants to make it happen. She doesn't probably want to see me suffer so crazy. So, when somebody gives out of fear, that's not God. If God gives you plunder... Because somebody died, or you defeated somebody in a battle of some kind, that's totally different. But and how do I know this? God warns me in advance. 919s or five twenty fives. Keep in step with the Spirit, you know. But also, I'm governed by the peace of Christ. I couldn't a bit more take that money from my mom. I don't care if it was a hundred thousand dollars. There's not a tight. There's not enough temptation uh, to override my my fear of the Lord in that. There's just not. And, uh, I mean, I don't care if my mom said, Michael, we've decided to sell the house until the Lord can give it to you. Until the Lord said to me that that's what's happening, I would know that that's being provided through a person who lives in fear, not faith. People say, well, maybe God just wants to give them the opportunity to give to bless them. No, that's not how it works. Not only that, I'm not responsible for figuring out what's going on in there in between them and God, although I happen to be aware of it in this instance I'm only responsible to say, what does the peace of Christ and what is God's will for me? And I know God has made it very clear don't take the money. Don't trust in man who has but a breath in his nostrils. You know, so I have to just trust the Lord. And I know that he's going to provide. I don't know how he's going to do it. I've tried to figure that out so many times, and now I don't even try and figure it out. If I catch myself fantasizing about getting a phone call from a certain person or this thing happening i stop myself i say nope it's not for me to think about it i think about the fulfillment of the promise but i don't start thinking about and visualizing how it's going to happen because i don't want to rob god's thunder i want to let god surprise me i've i've been fantasizing before of ways for god to deliver me on certain things and come up with some really neat ideas and I've thought, man, God, that would be so unbelievably cool if that happened. But then I go, what if that does happen? And then I'm going to, it's not going to be as much of a surprise for me and I don't want to try and figure it out. I don't want to try and deconstruct God's future ways. I don't mind deconstructing his past ways to learn from it, but I'm just going to let whatever happens happen in the future. It's part of the, the adventure and trusting God. And it also doesn't create a disappointment and expectation an unmet expectation if he doesn't meet it the way I hoped. Instead, I'm just like, God, your will be done. Whatever you want for me, whatever you want, however you want it, I'll receive it with great thanksgiving and joy. These are not things that I was capable of feeling even a year ago. God is just continuing to increase my understanding and, and of His ways and He's continuing to make my heart more in line with Jesus Christ. I have so many things that I know God still wants to knock the rough edges off of. And I'm trying to just allow the Lord to finish the work. And just, Lord, don't let, don't, don't let up until it's done, is what I've been telling him. I say that, and then it gets hard. And then I go, oh, I remember saying that a couple of days ago. But in the end, it's like Charles Stanley said. He's never looked back on any of these moments and ever said anything less than, God, thank you. And I heard him get choked up. When he said it god thank you for not taking the heat off of me thank you for finishing what you started there thank you for saying no to me he never regretted it because he saw that god was working in him i do often find myself this is very interesting i do often find myself feeling encouraged when i journal somehow or another getting the truth out and capturing it and even hearing the truth is almost like speaking the truth to myself even though i'm speaking it to a journal right now that hopefully my kids are going to watch, right kids, or not watch, but listen to over and over again, and their kids, I have changed so much. If I listen to my journal recordings from, you know, four years ago in 2010, when I first started, and I think about all the things I was still so worried and upset and anxious about, God might be willing to change my name to, to Martha, You know, Martha, Martha, you were worried and upset about many things. I was so worried and upset about so many things. And now I'm just, just learning to go with the flow. And with each new blow, my life and thought process is being simplified. I know that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not grow tired. They will walk and not grow weary. I believe it and you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hopefully wait for me will never be put to shame. I think that's Isaiah 49, 23. Not much longer shall we have glorious opportunity to rejoice in tribulation and learn patience. In heaven, we shall have nothing to teach us long suffering. If we do not learn it here, we shall be without our brightest crown forever, and wish ourselves back for a little while in the very circumstances of which we are now trying so hard to rid ourselves. A.B. Simpson He who is not ready to suffer all things and to conform to the will of the Beloved is not worthy to be called a lover of God. It behoveth him who loveth to embrace willingly all hard and bitter things for the Beloved's sake, and not to be drawn away from Him because of any contrary accidents. Thomas Kempis. The only alternative to desperate faith is despair, and faith holds on and prevails. Rev. S. Chadwick Jesus Christ is no security against storms. But He is perfect security in storms. He has never promised you an easy passage, only a safe landing. March thirty-first, Streams in the Desert Life is to be just hard enough to bring out the heroic. I shall go across battlefields and into twisting storms, that I may have an experience of the Father's care, protection, and glorious deliverance. I am to share in the tremendous experiences of the great. Only when Christ opened your ear to the storm did he open your ear to the stillness. George Matheson Hardships develop beauty in the soul. The soul thrives on troubles. Trials bring out all the best in them. Ease and comfort and applause only leave them barren. Streams in the Desert, February 1st. The strength of a ship is only fully demonstrated when it faces a hurricane, and the power of the gospel can only be fully exhibited when a Christian is subjected to some fiery trial. We must understand that for God to give songs in the night, He must first make it night. Nathaniel William Taylor it is from suffering that the strongest souls ever known have emerged. The world's greatest display of character is seen in those who exhibit the scars of sorrow. Chopin. The sting of affliction will go in the measure in which you see God in all things unknown. I would have never known the meaning of various Psalms, come to appreciate certain difficulties, or known the inner workings of the soul, I would have never understood the practice of the Christian life and work if God had never brought afflictions to my life. Martin Luther's wife, Catherine. What is it that causes people to shake like leaves today at the first hint of danger? It is simply the lack of God living in their soul and having the world in their hearts instead. R. Layton Hell works the hardest on God's saints. The most worthy souls will be tested with the most pressure and the highest heat, but heaven will not desert them. William L. Watkinson The moment we receive anything from the Lord worth fighting for, the devil comes seeking to destroy us power is developed through resistance and one day we will understand that even Satan has been used as one of God's instruments of blessing a B Simpson sorrows come to stretch out spaces in the heart for joy sorrow is God's tool to plow the depths of the soul that it may yield richer harvests it is sorrow It causes us to take the time to think deeply and seriously. Every person in every nation must endure lessons in God's school of adversity. Tribulation is the door to triumph. Crowns are cast in crucibles, and the chains of character found at the feet of God are forged in earthly flames. No one wins the greatest victory until he has walked the winepress of woe. We will wrestle our crowns from the giants we conquer. It is no secret that grief has always fallen to people of greatness. The mark of rank in nature is capacity for pain and tribulation has always marked the trail of the true reformer. It was true in the story of Paul, Luther, Savonarola, Knox, Wesley, and the rest of God's mighty army. They came through great tribulation to their power. God delights to exercise faith, first for blessing in our own souls, then for blessing in the church at large, and also for those without. But this exercise we shrink from instead of welcoming. When trials come, we should say, My heavenly Father puts this cup of trial into my hands that I may have something sweet afterwards. Now, the nearer we come to this in our inmost souls, the more ready we are to leave ourselves in His hands, satisfied with all His dealings with us. And when trial comes, we shall say, I will wait and see what good my God will do to me by it, assured He will do it. Thus, we shall bear an honorable testimony before the world, and thus, we shall strengthen the hands of others. George Mueller Be sure to visit RelentlessHeart.com forward slash series to catch up on this journal series called Trusting God in the Wilderness, and may God bless you as you continue to listen.